This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Welcome back. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk some Thursday night football between the Bengals and the Ravens when we chat with Mo Egger, afternoon host on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. At 820, we will bring in Chris Mack from the BetQLU podcast for a few shenanigans and his take on the upcoming weekend in college football. Then the Donkster will make his appearance at 845 and try to say something that makes sense. Chelsea, I'm excited about tonight's game. So we got to get the inside scoop, and we're going to do it right now. Let's bring in Mo Egger. He works afternoons on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, host of the Mo Egger podcast as well. Mo, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We always love getting your insight here. And and the first thing I wanted to ask out of the box is, what is the situation with the Cincinnati edge players, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson? I think Hubbard is out, but Hendrickson said he might try and play. Do we have an update there? Yeah, he. What's remarkable? He wasn't even on the <clears throat> excuse me. He wasn't even on the injury report yesterday, which is incredible given the game yeah. ended with the Bengals last defensive play, him writhing in pain on the field. We found out on Monday, it was a hyperextended knee and you thought, okay, well, if, if the game is Sunday, maybe he could give it a go, but it's Thursday. There's no chance. And yet yesterday there wasn't even an injury designation. So the plan is for him to play. Now that's great. They need Trey Hendrickson Mm -hmm. at times this year. He has been unblockable. That said with Trey Hendrickson against CJ Stroud, the pass rush was almost non-existent. That's a dicey proposition when you're playing against Lamar Jackson tonight. All right, so we are looking at the spread on this game. Obviously, we're a betting show. The Bengals getting three and a half. Joe Burrow has been cash money as an underdog, getting more than three points. A blistering 15-2 and two against the number. What's the sabotage factor here? Talk me out of playing the Bengals. I can't. Um, the, the number's too big. It's, it's not that dissimilar... Uh, to me from where they were in San Francisco. Now, the difference in the San Francisco game was for a stretch, Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol, right? And so you thought, okay, well, if it's if it's Joe Burrow against a backup and he's getting three and a half points, that's cash money. But I, I'm sort of with you here. Like the, the Bengals bounce back factor in recent years has been has been real. And the, the Joe Burrow is an underdog factor has has been real. Um, 
look, I've, I've got to think, first of all, uh, they, they played very poorly against the Baltimore Ravens in week one in Cincinnati. It's not like they got blown out. It's not like they got destroyed. They lost by three points. So there's there's that. I think also Cincinnati offensively played unevenly. They didn't get the ball to Jamar Chase more than six times. I don't think that happens tonight. Also, Joe just made some uncharacteristic mistakes. As frustrating as that game was against Houston, there were a lot of outliery things in that game that you just don't expect from the Bengals. Tyler Boyd dropping a touchdown pass. Lou Anarumo's defense not being able to get off the field. And Joe Burrow throwing some costly interceptions, one of which was really not on him. I don't bank on those things happening tonight. Uh, And I also think not having Ronnie Stanley, you talk about uh, Trey Hendrickson coming back. Well, the the matchup was going to be Trey Hendrickson versus Ronnie Stanley. Advantage Bengals without Ronnie Stanley in the game. We'll find out about Marlon Humphrey, who's doubtful. Those injuries, I think, are as significant, if not more, than Cincinnati not having T. Higgins and Cincinnati not having Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson dealing with whatever he's been dealing with. Mo, when you talk about Joe Burrow, he's now a little bit more mobile than he was earlier in the season. Now, nobody's going to mistake him for a Lamar Jackson, but how much does that improve his game? I was saying earlier, he's just sort of slippery where he's not going to burn you, but if you give him an opening, he can take advantage of it, and I think that just makes him a better all-around quarterback. Yeah, you know, I I think if you go back to two years ago when the Bengals made the Super Bowl, they did it in spite of their offensive line. What happened with that offensive line? The ball would be snapped and then three guys would be in Joe Burrow's face. This offensive Mm -hmm. line isn't great, but it's good enough that usually if there's pressure, it's there's there's one guy. Joe Burrow is good at eluding one guy. He's good at running away from one guy. And and you're right. You're you're not going to mistake him for Lamar Jackson by any stretch. They're not going to run a whole lot of, you know, design runs where the idea is for for Joe to gain a lot of uh, a lot of yardage. Joe can certainly do that and there have been instances in his career and certainly this year where he's checked into a run and run for 8 yards when they when they've needed 7. But his real genius, you're right, has has always been in the ability to extend a play just enough to be able to do something special. And he is slippery. Uh, the the play, the best play he's made this year was on a third and ten play against uh, the San Francisco 49ers that reminded me of Eli Manning in the Super Bowl 15 years ago, where the radio play-by-play guy for the Bengals, who's terrific, Dan Horde, actually called Joe getting sacked. Well, as it turns out. He, he shakes the guy off his back. He gets out of another guy's uh, arm tackle. He gets free, and he doesn't just throw the ball away. He completes a pass downfield to T. Higgins. And those of us who had watched Joe in the first five or six games hobble through the calf injury, looked at each other and go, okay, Joe's back. That's the burrow that we have seen. We saw him even a little bit last week in the second half once the offense got going. You're, you're right. Uh, that is a big, big part of his game. I think from an offensive perspective, the real thing to look for from the Bengals is, is this. They have been awesome on opening drives. They look like you watch the Bengals on opening drives and you think, holy crap, how do you stop these guys? Because they methodically but quickly go down the field. They use every weapon. They score seven. They take a lead. And you think they're going to they're gonna roll today. And then – they totally stop. It's been remarkable. They've been awesome on opening drives. Drives two, three, and four in the nine games. Nine times twenty-seven. Nine times uh, three is twenty-seven. In those twenty-seven drives, three touchdowns, eighteen punts. They don't move the ball. So I think the thing to watch tonight against a good Ravens defense is 
Do the wow. Bengals spin their tires in those drives the way they have? If the answer is no, then offensively they can take off. If the answer is yes, chances are uh, they're going to play from behind, and the possessions in the second half are obviously going to carry with them so much more significance. This is something they have to figure out. It's a lot easier to figure out when you've got a healthy and, as you said, elusive Joe Burrow. Let's talk about the defense for a second, because as much as people love to talk about Joe Burrow, the stretch where the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, the defense was great, too, uh, at least during that postseason stretch. What are we expecting from the defense tonight in Cincinnati or in Baltimore, I should say, from the Cincinnati defense? What are we expecting from them tonight? Well, you know, here's what, what happened last week. The Houston Texans moved the football. And you go, okay, well, duh, they gained over 500 yards of total offense. But the Houston Texans moving the football wasn't that different from what everybody else has done this year. I think the, the Bengals are 31st in the NFL in average yards given up per play. The, the term, it's a cliche, is bend but don't break, right? They've been awesome at getting you to turn the football over in the red zone or getting you to turn it over at precisely the right time. We saw it against Seattle. All those drives inside the 10, Bengals kept getting stops, kept getting turnovers. They got two red zone turnovers against San Francisco. Uh, If you go back to that Super Bowl run two years ago, the the defense, whether it be at the very end of games or right when games felt like they were getting out of hand, like in the AFC championship game, they they got the turnover right when they needed them. That's great, but is it sustainable? And the question we've asked here since uh, Sunday has been, well, okay, bend but don't break, fine. But the more you bend, eventually you are going to break. So I think what's going to be really interesting is uh, to to see if to, to see if if it if it works tonight. Look, this 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 uh, defense against you know Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and the weapons they have, I, I don't think is suddenly going to turn into this insanely stout unit where they're just consistently forcing three and outs. So Baltimore's probably going to move the ball. Can the Bengals hold Baltimore to three? If the answer is yes, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, views that as a win. And if Baltimore gets inside the 20, when they get inside the 20, can the Bengals get some of those uh, turnovers? If the answer is yes, very good chance they win the football game. If the answer is no, well, then it could be a long night. Um, This is a defense where, you know, we talked about Trey Hendrickson. He probably is the biggest name. The thing about Cincinnati's defense is you don't, there's not a Micah Parsons. There's not a Miles Garrett. There's not that one name that, you know, everybody talks about. But 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 they're pretty deep everywhere. I think what's going to be interesting to watch, though, is Cincinnati's secondary is very, very young. Sometimes those young guys have shown brilliance. DJ Turner made a great play last week that gave the Bengals an opportunity to win. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt has had a bunch of picks this year and has, has played just brilliantly. But uh, second-year player, a rookie, they have another – essentially a rookie at uh, at safety in Dax Hill, who was drafted last year but didn't really play. Jordan Battle's a rookie. There's a lot of youth back there. Obviously, Baltimore has gone out of its way to uh, upgrade its, its offensive weaponry. Does the youth get exposed tonight? And if they don't get turnovers, which they've been so good at, what does what outcome does that mean for this defense? More one quick question before we let you go. And right now, if the season ended today, the Bengals would be right there on the bubble, on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. Do you see a path for them to get to the postseason? It feels like they, they have to find a way, right? Well, if they lose tonight, you could cross off the AFC North title. I mean, just do the math. Mm-hmm. At that point, they'd be three games behind Baltimore, and they would have lost both head-to-head matchups. So, you know, that's the tiebreaker. You're, you're essentially four games back with – 
seven games to go, that, that's it's not going to work. Uh, you know, look, the, the thing about tonight's game that if you look at the standings, it starts to really matter is the Bengals have one AFC win. They're, they're, they have five wins, four of them against NFC opponents, which it's great when you beat those teams. But you start thinking about tiebreakers. You're, you're going to need victories in the AFC. If you lose tonight, you're one in five against AFC opponents. You're in a very mm-hmm. tough, div- difficult division. You know, obviously the Browns have taken a big hit with Deshaun Watson. But for for all of, of the Bengals' accomplishments over the last couple of years, and as much as they went into last week having won five out of six, they're staring up at three teams. If you lose this week, you're going to be staring up even more at two of them because Cleveland and Pittsburgh play. Five and five, it gets pretty dicey. Right now, there are 11 teams in the AFC who have at least five wins. And some of those teams this weekend are going to increase that total to six. Cincinnati still has to play Pittsburgh twice, which is not going to be easy. They have a home game against the Browns, who have had their number in recent years. They have to go to Kansas City. Minnesota's going to come here. Suddenly, that game is much more difficult than it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the season. At five and five, Look, the Bengals have been a terrific second-half team over the last couple of years, meaning the second half of the season. They won their last eight regular season games last year. They were 5-4 and four before winning the division title two years ago. But that's fine. You start to do the math at 5-5. Five and five. You start to look at the rest of the AFC. You start to look at the schedule, and it gets difficult. This is as close to a must-win as I think you could have. And remember, the idea for the team this year wasn't to sneak into the playoffs and call it a successful season. The idea this year was to win the Super Bowl after coming so close two years ago and after coming so close to making it last year at 5-5, five and five, understanding that your AFC North title hopes are basically gone. If you lose tonight, uh, I, 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 it really does feel like you could kiss that goodbye. Now, on the flip side, you win. You know, suddenly you're a game behind Baltimore. It's going to feel like game on. Cleveland does have a major injury issue with its quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh's the worst six and three team I've ever seen. The, the the way that this game is going to just, I feel like change, not so much the trajectory of the season, but how we talk about their hopes moving forward. It's, it's absolutely massive. Check them out afternoons on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. And as host of the Mo Egger podcast, it's our good friend, Mo Egger. Mo, we appreciate the time. Thank you. You got it guys. Thank you. That's great analysis. Can you imagine, Chelsea, the Bengals, as talented as they are, not making the postseason? I I will I will give Mo credit and shame myself because I should know better, but you get caught up in thinking about the Bengals, and I thought, ah, if they lose tonight, they're fine. They're fine. But he's right. They're not fine. If they're sitting at 500 in that division – With all of the talented teams we've seen in the AFC, he's right. This might be, I hate saying must win, but it might just be for the Bengals. Not for the Ravens. They're fine right now. But the Bengals really need this win. Right now, they are minus 144 to make the playoffs. They lose tonight. That's going into plus money. Oh, for sure. Because especially in the NFL, even if you look at a stretch of games or your schedule and say, Mm -hmm. these are the quote-unquote easy games. We will see teams lose those easy games all the time. Like, look at the Bengals. Just lost to the Texans, who I think are good. But still, I don't think anybody pointed the schedule and said, okay, this is you know going to be one of their tougher ones. Look at the Bills. Lost to the Broncos at home as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. We see this all the time. So I just think they've got to win games. Doesn't matter who it's against. So it feels like at five-and-five, five, 
we're at what week 11 the season is getting late quick so bottom line the Bengals got to win games yes they do I would not have even thought about the idea that Cincinnati wouldn't be playing in the postseason they gotta make it right that's what I said to Mo they have to right that's such a lame way to look at things just a lazy lazy better ah they're gonna make it they're fine they're Cincinnati not necessarily the case coming up next Maybe Penn State has had a hard time breaking through against Ohio State and Michigan, but BetQL's Chris Mack always delivers. He joins us next to talk college football on the Daily Tip from BetQL. It is presented by BetMGM, and we're coming back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Turn it up, baby! Woo down! Was that a banjo? Thursday of the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. You know what I need to do is send my DNA to 23andMe. See if I have any Cajun blood. Mm. Chelsea, we were talking about this during the break. Have you done this? Have you sent off your DNA? Have you given big DNA your, (laughs) (laughs) your information, your DNA sequence, so now they know everything about you? They can trace your lineage? And you say, oh, I'm part this, I'm part this, I'm part that. But also now they have my genetic code. Have you done this? Yeah, this is the one conspiracy theory that I kind of buy into. Is that like, do you really need to be giving your genetic info to some company that I'm sure there's a bunch of fine print that you have to like sign on? Like who knows where they're sending this information? So yes, it would be cool to know like, oh, I'm, you know, 72% German. Like who cares? Is it going to change my life? No. And the other (laughs) sabotage factor is, what if you find out something that you're not supposed to know? Like, I've heard of people who do this, and they're like, wow, I'm not actually related to some of my relatives. I think somebody has been sleeping around, and they didn't tell me. Yeah, you come on the show one day, and you're like, chinks, I'm really upset. Why? Because I'm German and I'm a bastard at the same time. I had no idea. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Yeah, you might find out some stuff you don't want to know. I will never do this. I've thought about it. You got my fingerprints. You got a scan of my eyes. But you're not getting my DNA. Plus, if I decide to commit a crime, I don't want someone searching that database and saying, oh, we found DNA on the scene. But we don't don't have any criminal record. Let's just run it through 23andMe. Oh, there it is. Michael Jenkins right there at the scene of the crime. That's the one thing you're not getting from me is my DNA. It's the one thing I hold dear and precious. Yeah, they should start using this on Mari. Like, you know, just use the DNA. They don't even have to do the test. It's already there for them. Um, But I do think I am mostly German, but I've never done a test, so I don't know. Like, do you know your heritage at all? I know that I'm my... I'm probably, I don't know for sure. I'm probably Irish. Just look at me. Look how white I am. Don't I just look like an Irish guy? Based on the eye test. Based on the eye test, I would say you have some Irish lineage. My grandfather was an eighth Native American. 
So I got some Native American blood. You would look at me. Do I look Native American at all to you? No. No. So I am I am curious, but also I'm not curious enough to sacrifice giving my DNA to someone. Well, then you have to pay for it, too. So it's yes. like you are paying them to probably sell your stuff to whoever. So, no, I ain't doing it. Let me tell you something. The government is already doing this. I walked through customs a few months ago, and I they didn't check my passport. I just was walking towards the little exit booth where you're supposed to show your passport, the computer, and they had some sort of camera up. And I'm walking. He goes, you're good. Looks at Catherine. You're good. Because they just had the information by scanning you, scanning your face, scanning your eyes. And so... We both looked at each other and looked at him, which I'm sure he gets us all the time. And we said, how did you know that? How do you know we're good? And he made some joke. He goes, huh, TikTok, which I'm sure is his generic answer that he gives everyone. We kind of laughed it off. And it was kind of funny, but it wasn't. So they already got everything. You're not getting my DNA. You know what? Let's talk to a guy who I would never, ever murder. The Mac is back. A turnaround shot that rattled wide. Subban, one more try, deflected over the net, and the Pittsburgh Penguins again are the Stanley Cup champions. Chris Mack, a little toss. Here comes a gadget play. Randall L. He can throw. He was a quarterback in college, and he's thrown a touchdown to Heinz Ward in the Super Bowl. Bringing all his college plays. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley was the opening kick. 97 yards. Touchdown, Nick the Lions. Double D, nice work. Did I even hear an Antoine Randall L reference in there? Let's bring in Chris Mack, host of the BetQLU podcast. A new episode drops tonight on the Odyssey YouTube channel. You can also check him out as host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Chris, before we get to the important stuff, well, maybe this is the important stuff. Have you sent off your DNA, sir? I haven't. I would do it. I would. If I, well, it's, it's expensive, isn't it? Uh, if it were like, hey, send us your DNA for free and we'll let you know if you're really Irish like everybody in your family thinks you are. I would do it, but I will say this. I have a I have a half-brother, right? Same mom, different mm-hmm. dads, and we long thought because of my mom's side of the family, we're like, oh, we're Irish, yeah, we're wearing green hats and crazy uh, four-leaf clover sunglasses on St. Patrick's Day. No, no, there's no Irish. He is, you know, you know how much Irish blood my, my half-brother has? Bupkis, zero. So we're not Irish at all. <laughs> if I have any Irish... So what are I you? Choose no idea. I haven't done it. Like I said, you know what I choose to tell people? He's a you know mutt. I choose to tell people? I am, I am a mutt. But my mom's okay. side of the family is from Pittsburgh. My dad's side of the family is from Texas. So there you go. I'm half yes. Yinzer. I'm half Texan. I don't know if you can get a more eclectic mix than that. I'll take it. That's awesome. Oh, this explains a lot, actually. Because I think somebody <laughs> was commenting that you did a really good Southern accent. And we're like... How does he nail this when he's from Pittsburgh? But now your lineage no, no has solved that dad. equation for my me. Daddy, my daddy worked on the King Ranch down in South Texas when he was a youngster. I ain't got no problem with Texas accent. Ooh, dog. No. Ooh, nailed it. Be a whole lot, All right, be a whole so, lot cooler if you did. 
<laughs> what was the Morgan Wallen quote that we made fun of last week? Uh, I went to bed a winner and ain't nothing changed. So let's try oh, to be some winners God. like Morgan Wallen, okay. except for better grammar. So let's get to some of these college games because Chris Mack is the host of the BetQLU podcast, which drops each and every Thursday night on the Odyssey YouTube channel. So let's start out West. We have number five, Washington, visiting number 11, Oregon State. Oregon State has been a cover machine this season, and they're laying two and a half points, but Michael Penix Jr. has had a great season too. So which is the correct side or which way are you leaning? I can't believe Washington is getting points. I know it's in Corvallis. I know what Oregon State has done, 3-0 and at home against the spread in the Pac-12. Uh, just one against the spread loss. It was early in the season, a non-conference play. It just wasn't a cover. Um, they win their last two, and they're in the Pac-12 title game, most likely, the Beavers. Um, they're fourth in the Pac-12 in yards against and points against, but that is a bit off. I, I thought they would be right there with Utah, challenging Utah for the best defense in the conference, and they've had their hiccups along the way. This is a chance, though, for Oregon State to kind of give Washington and Oregon that big boot in the rear end on the way out the door as they have this big legal battle now over who runs the Pac-12, whether it's Oregon State and Washington State or it's uh, everybody still a part of the fun. Um, I think that doesn't have much to do with what's going to happen on the field, though. That's that's a fun thing to talk about in the tailgates and in the stands. Ultimately, this comes down. You mentioned Michael Penix Jr., Chelsea. At Washington's offense sixth in the country in yards per game, fifth in points per game, coming off of 35 points and 457 yards against Utah, both the most the Utes have given up this year. So what more could they do against Oregon State? Um, two and, Oregon State getting points, in, or excuse me, laying points in this one makes no sense to me. I think Washington goes in and takes care of business. Chris, let's talk about the SEC and Georgia going into Neyland Stadium this weekend, taking on the Vols. Georgia is laying 10 points. The total is 58 and a half. I would lean Tennessee here, but I'm not going to play this game. You're the expert. Where are you going? Ooh, I have learned a valuable lesson over the last couple of weeks. Jenks, it's stop doubting the dogs. Um, mm. I know they didn't cover against Missouri, and I called that one. I'll take some credit for it. I'll pat myself on the back and pull a muscle yeah. while doing so. Um, but here's the thing. Against ranked opponents, they've played three now this year. Georgia is averaging over 44 points per game and only giving up 17. Yeah, that's a 27-point differential in their three games against ranked teams. They're going for the SEC record of 28 consecutive wins, which would break the, the record of 27 held by Bama, obviously. Um, Tennessee embarrassed by Mizzou last week. Just uh, it, They've lost to Florida and Bama already, so maybe there's a little bit of, a, of an emotional bounce back, a little bit of fight back, punch back. Or maybe they're just a team that's lost in the wilderness, right? They're 7-3, and three, so they're definitely bowl eligible, but they're not going to a New Year's Six game, and they're just kind of playing out the string. Stop betting against Georgia. They're not even laying two touchdowns in this thing. Only laying 10. I think they go into Knoxville and take care of business. And again, prove to all of us who, who've doubted them all year why they mm -hmm. shouldn't be doubted any longer. I did see one nugget on this game that I thought was fascinating. Dolly Parton is going to be at the game. Big Tennessee fan. She, I think she lives oh. in Knoxville. But unless she's playing on the secondary, 
I still think it's probably Georgia. So sorry, Dolly. Maybe you'll still be working nine to five, uh, trying to win some money on the Tennessee Vols. All right, next up, let's go to Michigan and Maryland. We have Michigan laying 19 here, total of 50 and a half. Which is the side or which is the total that you'll be playing? Well, the Wolverines humbled my Nittany Lions last week, but that nine-point win over Penn State at Beaver Stadium last week is the only time Michigan has won in the Big Ten this year by anything fewer than 24 points. I'll rattle off the margin of victory for the, for the Wolverines in their six previous Big Ten games before they went to Happy Valley last week. 24, 38, 42, 45, 49, and 28. They're averaging a 37.7 point margin of victory in the Big Ten outside of that wow. Penn State game. Maryland has fallen apart in the last month. They've lost four of their last five. They beat Nebraska last week, but they only scored 13 in doing so. Their offense has been a shambles. Last five games, they haven't gone over 400 yards of total offense, and they're only averaging 19 points a game. I think Michigan at this point, we can argue about how or why they've gotten there. They embody Big Ten football. They're only giving up 232 yards a game, best in the conference, seven and a half points per game, also best in the conference, and they're steamrolling people on the ground while leading the conference in points scored, 39 points a game and 173 rushing yards a game. This is what a Big Ten champ is supposed to look like, and at this point, now that they've, again, humbled my Nittany Lions. I kind of have to just hand it to them. I think they, they go down to College Park and absolutely handle business. 19 and a half, not enough. They'll win by at least three touchdowns. Chris, let's look at the current Heisman odds. Right now, Bo Nix is your favorite at minus 110. Michael Penix Jr., plus 375. Jaden Daniels, 4-1. to one. Marvin Harrison Jr. at plus 550. Is there anyone that you like here, or is Bo Nix valuable at minus 110? I have a theory that there's still some really good value on Jaden Daniels. Not only are we talking about the guy with the best quarterback rating in the country, who's third in passing yards and second in uh, average yards per pass attempt, number one in passing TDs, but he's also leading the country's quarterbacks in rushing, almost 1,000 yards. Uh, he'll end up with 1,000 by the end of the year, eight yards per carry, eight rushing touchdowns. And what I think we might have happen is you'll get those two Pac-12 quarterbacks splitting some votes out West. That's the thing with the Heisman. We always just assume that it's going to go to statistically the best player. It doesn't. It's voted on by people like you and me in some cases, like guys mm -hmm. who won the Heisman 55 years ago and are now eating pudding at a nursing home. And they go, oh, <laughs> Daniels. Um, so I think they've got an opportunity, too, to maybe run up some some of those numbers that people do look at when they vote, uh, as they've got Georgia State this week, LSU does. Uh, I think there's still really good value on Daniels at 4-1 to one because Penix and Knicks will split some of the Pac-12 vote. And the last time you've had back-to-back Pac-12 Heisman winners without USC involved in at least one of them is never. So I don't suspect we're going to get back-to-back -back Pac-12 Heisman champs. At least I think that's where we find some value on Jaden Daniels. Marvin Harrison Jr. still too far outside the picture for me with the only Big Ten wide receiver to ever win a Heisman being Desmond Howard over 30 years ago. He is host of the BetQLU podcast, which drops every Thursday night. 
which means tonight on the Odyssey YouTube channel. Also host on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. And he's half Yenzer and half Texan. It is our friend Chris Mack. Chris, we appreciate it, bud. Yens Haw or something. Yens Haw. It's pretty good. Yens Haw. You think that'll catch on? I think there's I don't think no so. possibility at all. No, mm. I don't think so. Maybe amongst the Mac family, they'll say it to each other and chuckle and say, well, that's just an us thing. Oh, man, I'm worn out, Chelsea. We got one more segment to go. We got to fire up our best bets. We've had a great week, and we're going to give you a couple more winners while also bringing in the Donkster, who conversely has had a really poor week. He needs to get it together. She's Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in the nation's capital. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Best bets are next when we wrap things up. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the daily tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. One time for me, Double D. Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM on a Thursday. We are closer to the weekend. Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, in lovely Hendersonville. Chelsea, you know what I can't stand before we get to our best bets? I I don't like talking on the phone. I just decided. I I've, I've known this, I think, for a while, and I don't mind if it's someone that I haven't talked to in a while, but, but superfluous talking on the phone drives me crazy. And the reason why I say this is because, because the handyman who's repairing that leak that I've had forever for like two years, it's finally done. And all he's doing is repairing the drywall. And then I'll never have to talk about this again, God willing. All of a sudden, this guy, whenever he's finished working on something, he wants to call and talk about it. Yeah, you know, I got a, uh, I just want to let you know how things are going. This is in the condo next to me. I'm paying for it. As long as you're handling it, great. And he's like, yeah, I was uh, I was in there working on the drywall. You know, I got a special light. I got a special light so I can really see if the drywall, the new drywall matches the old drywall. Got this light. Also, there was a seam, a little crack in this seam up there. I went ahead and got that. So things are going as planned. I'm like, if things are going as planned and there's no issues, just send me a text and be like, hey, things are going well. I'll keep you updated. Instead, it was a 10-minute conversation about drywall. Chelsea, it was all I could do not to just go like, what? Ah, ah, sorry. Yeah, click. But I hung on. Am I just being a jerk here or being old because I don't mind the phone, but stuff where I'm just listening to nonsense, I don't want to do that. I appreciate the person's want to communicate and to try to line up why he's doing what he's doing. But the problem is when it's not your area of expertise, you can explain it to me, but I don't know what you're talking about. I have this problem when it comes to home improvement and trying to like mm -hmm. do fixtures in our house because we have a neighbor that's like really handy and he comes over and like helps us with things. So he'll sit there and give me the entire spiel 
on like what, you know, oh, you need a wall anchor and you're fine in a stud. I'm just like, I don't know what any of that means. So great, go ahead. But all of that is basically gibberish to me. So I think the problem yeah. is you just probably don't speak the same language to say. Yes, I think that's true. But also, I don't need constant updates. It's okay. The, the main thing is that this long national nightmare is finally over. I have bored people with this shower leak talk for two years, and I just want you to know I'm going to start doing something that's going to give me a whole new plethora of topics to talk about. Maybe I'll pick up a hobby. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll commit a crime. I'll do something so I'll have better talking points when I have discussions with people. You ever catch yourself talking about something? You're like, oh, my God, I'm boring myself talking about this. That's how I feel when I'm talking about a shower leak. I think that's just being over the age of, like, 30 or, like, being an adult yeah. where certain things start to have more importance to you. Where I was talking to somebody about health insurance, and I'm like, good God, if I could see myself 10 years ago that I knew I would be boring somebody with my health insurance questions, I would kick myself in the face. So I think part of it's just getting older, too. <laughs> no question about it. Hey, if you missed our conversation with Chris Mack from BetQLU, the podcast, and all the great information he sends our way when he's talking about college football, you got to download and subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts. It's nice and easy. Also coming up next on BetQL Daily, Reed Wallach, host of The Early Read and content provider for BetSided, will join the crew to talk about his favorite plays of the day. What about our favorite plays? Let's get to them. Time to place your bets. Chelsea, I don't want to jinx it. I just want to throw out that just maybe, just maybe, you're having a week where there could be perfection involved. Oh, God. Well, now this play is going to lose. Thanks, Jinx. Once again, <laughs> living up to your name. But let's hope and pray to the betting gods that they will not smite us due to Jinx, you know, irresponsible intro to my best bet. I'm going to be on the Bengals tonight. Bengals plus three and a half because Joe Burrow has been cash money in this situation. Joe Burrow as an underdog when getting more than three points, a blistering 15 and two against the spread. Oh, and he's great when he plays great teams as well. We know he's playing the Ravens, one of the best teams in the entire AFC. But against teams above 500, Joe Burrow, 19-8 and eight against the spread. So when he's playing good teams and when he's getting more than a touchdown, Joe Burrow is the play. And I think that is the play here. I'll take the Bengals, especially in a divisional matchup. AFC North matchups tend to play a little bit closer to the best. And we already saw this matchup earlier in the season. The Bengals weren't full strength. Joe Burrow was still banged up. And they still played the Ravens pretty closely, losing uh, by only three points in that one. So I'll take the Bengals getting three and a half. Let's hope for a good one. And let's hope that the Bengals, uh, if they're going to lose, only lose by three. Let's take Bengals plus three and a half. Chelsea, we talked about this game earlier, and I think it's the right side as well. Love your handicap. I also love what's going on on the ice tonight in Calgary. Flames, money line, minus 130, hosting the Canucks. Now, you might be asking yourself, why is a losing team favored here? Well, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Canucks played last night on the road in New York. Now they have to go all the way across the continent on back-to-back -back nights to meet the Flames. 
And say what you want to about Calgary, off to a slow start, but they have a ton of success when they play Vancouver. They are 7-2-1 and one in their last 10 home games against the Canucks. And netminder Jacob Markstrom, in his career against the Canucks, 10-3-2. Flames have a much higher shot differential as well. All of the money is pouring in on the Flames. I got it this morning at minus 115. I'll take it again at minus 130. Flames on the money line, hosting Vancouver. Ooh, we need the little flame emoji. It is very rare that you get an emoji that matches your pick because some of them, they're just not there. I guess the Bengals probably have one. Do you think there's a tiger? There probably is. A tiger? Emoji. Oh, there has to be. It's one of the most basic, most favorite animals that people talk about. Lions, tiger. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be. I think so, but I keep forgetting you don't have an iPhone, so you don't know. Oh do you even have a Well, I do not. Let me tell you something. Let me stop you right there before you spread this nonsense. Last night, I was sitting on the couch with the lovely Catherine, and we got an emoji because we were on a text thread with her mother and her boyfriend. We always play Wordle together, and I got an emoji that started moving. And she's like, wait, what? It was a lady in a red dress. That's Sheila because she won Wordle for the day. And the lady in the red dress started twirling around. And then Catherine goes, what? And sends me another emoji, the vomit emoji. And the face started moving and the vomit came out. And she's like, that doesn't happen on my phone. So not only do I have emoji, I have moving emoji. You keep spreading those rumors, Chelsea, and I'll have none of it. Oh, yeah. Have fun with your Android or whatever it's I will. called. No one cares. It's not an iPhone. Well, we do have a Magic 8-Ball here on the show, so let's get to it. Let us gaze upon the glorious Magic 8-Ball. Shall it fade or tail these noble betters? <laughs> I'm going to get you one of those Apple stickers that they send you with all Apple oh, products, God. and then you can put it gross. on your phone. So maybe people will think you have an iPhone. All right, so, so what gross. does the eight ball think of our picks today? All right, Bengals plus three and a half at the Ravens. Do we like it? Eight ball says, ask again later. How about now? Eight ball says, yes. Short, sweet, and to the point. We like it. All right, how about the flames? Flame emoji. Flames on the money line against the Canucks. Eight ball says, outlook good. Well, well, well. It's the one thing we can agree on in this segment. If you want to check out the 8-Ball, in fact, if you want to stream each and every show on the BetQL Network, it is easy. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chelsea, um, I should have made this play as well. You're on the NBA. Oh, you just deleted it. I just it. deleted it. Oh, I'm my. As I look down, I see just deleted my OKC. All right. That's fine. So no play it's in the NBA. Lane. It's your last chance. Yeah, it's Thunder's a lead okay. tonight, but not an official play. <laughs> Man, right at the line. All right, I like that play as well, so I guess I'm not tailing it. Let's do your BetQL five-star best bet, shall we? You know the drill, guys. If you want to become a better better, download the BetQL app for inside analysis, historical trends, the whole deal. Oh, God, look at this moron. Dogster, at least the microphone is pointed towards your mouth today. Yesterday it was at your snout. What's the play? Good morning to everyone tuning in to listen to my picks across the country. I, that's not really why people, I don't think, Doxter, please get to your picks. 
Okay, Indiana, minus nine and a hook, hosting Wright State. Texas Southern, at Virginia, under 131. Chelsea, is it true that everyone's saying I'm a cottage basketball guru? No one's saying that. No, no one, no one that. at all. Donkster, you're one and four this week. You're not a guru at anything. Just, you just focus on keeping the mic in the just right the place. Just the donkster. It's the donkster. My God, that's my son. It's hard to be proud sometimes. Let's find out what's coming up next on BetQL Daily and bring in Ed Egros. Ed, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, one and all. I uh, got my coffee early this morning. I also got, and I will put my hand carefully so that I'm not advertising anything, but I did get Ooh. a red cup where the lid is popping off because, uh, you know, it's plastic. But uh, yes, if you know, you know the importance of these things. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. The holiday cup has made its return and us basic <laughs> girls could not be happier. So do you do like the the frilly drinks or do you just do black coffee? I, I do cold brew. I do cold brew for the most part, but you have to purchase a holiday drink to get the holiday cup. So I have something that's a little oh. more frou-frou than what I would normally drink, but it's fine. Happy holidays. Yeah, yeah I'm all that. about that. I don't yeah. mind a frou-frou drink from time to time. Actually, Absolutely. I'm drinking black coffee right now. I'm thinking about your drink. I might have to switch it up when I leave the studio here. Diversify the portfolio. That's the idea, no. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said that because Chelsea and I were talking about investing this week. He's at Ingress, uh -oh. and we'll see you next up at QL Daily. Yeah. Sounds great. Stay away from Enron. That's our tip. We're out of time for this edition of the Daily Tip from BQL, presented by BetMGM. She is Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins for the entire crew. Good luck on all of your bets. Have a great Thursday. The show returns bright and early tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. See ya. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.